Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, his clothes was as white as snow, and the guards shook for the fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay, which is what they did, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. What a wonderful morning. Dominic said he'd been to Israel last year and I was a little bit jealous. I've been there myself at 5.30 in the morning. If you ever go there, you'll be walking the streets through the old city, won't you, Dominic? And you'll be going to the garden tomb, won't you, Dominic? And you'll be worshipping with about 500 to 1,000 other Christians, won't you, Dominic? And more than that, he says. Well, there was about five, 600 when I was there. But if you go this weekend, there might be a few missiles flying around your head. There's a bit of war at the moment. So we do pray for God's peace in Jerusalem at the moment. Let's, let's pray before we start. Lord God, we just love this story, Lord. We love, the, we, we love the fact that you brought us to a place where we can know the truth, where we can hear the truth, and we can believe in the things that you have done for us and for all those that put their trust in you. We are so happy. And like it says of these women, they went away with fear and joy, rejoicing. And that's what we want to do today, to rejoice in this wonderful story that you have shown to be true, Lord. We're just so thankful that here we are. We believe in you, Jesus. Amen. Well, it says there was an earthquake on this Easter morning. That's what it says in the scripture. Verse 1 and 2. An angel descended from heaven. And it started with an, an earthquake. There, verse 2. Behold, there was a great earthquake in the city of Jerusalem on that morning. I was thinking about it. I, I don't know. Maybe when the angel came from heaven. was came at such a speed and hit planet earth. That's what caused the earthquake. You know, it made me wonder. But the women, they arrive at the tomb. And what are they doing? Anybody know? They're well, they're weeping, but they also brought spices, didn't they? Now, this is a very interesting thing. 
they brought spices because in their thinking they hadn't believed the words of Jesus. In their thinking they thought they were going to see the body of Jesus Christ. And they thought that in the tomb, this is in another passage of scripture, I'm, I'm outside the box at the moment, but they thought his body was still going to be in the tomb. So they took spices there, that's why they went there early in the morning. And they arrived just in time for this earthquake. I mean, Mayette has told me, being come from the Philippines, what it's like to have earthquake, you know, People get a bit scared, they get nervous, they want to hide under a table. However, they were outside, but there's an earthquake. And it's because the angel turned up. An angel of the Lord wanted to roll away the stone, which obviously was a big stone, which had been sealed, which had been tied down, which they didn't want Jesus to rise from the dead. You know, in another gospel it says, that the leaders, the religious leaders, went to Pilate and said, can you put a guard there? Yes? Because that deceiver, they said, said he was going to rise from the dead. And, and I've said this before, that it's amazing how the enemies of Christ remember all the small detail. Any enemies of Jesus Christ here this morning? No? We well, hope not. Otherwise, we'll see you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> but the enemy seemed to remember the detail, whereas the disciples and the women, they forgot. Obviously, they weren't believing. But we have this angel of the Lord, and I love this passage of Scripture, because death has reigned supreme since the days of Adam, hasn't it? Death has reigned supreme. And all of us that die, obviously death has conquered us. And death is holding us down in the grave. But for the first time, here is an angel who's rolled away the stone. And what is he doing? He's very casual. He's sitting on the stone that he's rolled away. Why is he doing that? Because he's demonstrating the victory over death. And this time of the year, I know Jeff Rowe didn't do it today, but if you go on YouTube at some point today and play the hymn, Thine be the glory. Do you know that one? Jackie knows it. Jeff Rowe knows it. We always sing it on a day like today, but we haven't today. So play it to yourself. Thine be the glory. You know the one? Risen, conquering son. Thou, oh. I need to look at it. It's in the book. Thou, O Deppers one. That's what it says. Thou, O Deppers one. The angel was showing off. He was showing off that Jesus had been the victor over death. And that is the glorious thing about today. This is such an important message. It's such an urgent message. God has won the victory over death. Do we need to fear death? Do we need to be afraid? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
We don't have to fear the grave. It's wonderful, wonderful story. So the angels give a command to the ladies, go quickly, tell the disciples. They were depressed. They were downcast. They, were, they needed some counselling. And that, that angel wanted the women to go and tell them that the Lord has risen. This morning, let's consider this urgent news. And it is urgent news. This happened such a long time ago. I'm going to tell you the truth, my dear brothers and sisters, that the church has got complacent. The believers have got complacent. We've got comfortable. Well, we've asked Jesus into our lives. We are saved. Therefore, I've got my ticket to heaven. I don't have to do anything else, do I? It's not true. The angel told them, go and tell the disciples. So there's something we do have to do. We have to tell each other, remind each other, remind each other of, the, of these things. And you can hear me loud and clear this morning because you often come and see us, come here to your church. But what about the people out there? They haven't heard about Jesus Christ. They hear about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Star Wars and things like that, but very few hear about the things of Jesus. Very few people know that he died on a cross. And very few people know that he ever rose from the dead. It's incredible, isn't it? The angel said, let's consider some of these facts. Let's go back. Verse 6. He is not here. You go to the cemetery, I haven't been up there for a long time, but most of the people that you know that have died, they are there. Their bones are there, aren't they? Has anybody been to the cemetery and discovered that someone's not there? Please tell me. That, does anyone know? You're not there yet, Bob. Yet. We're going there sometime, soon. <laughs> You want to get raptured, don't you? Yes? We all do, Bob. We all want the easy way up. None of us want to None of us want to be put in a wooden box and put six foot under. We don't want that. However, it might be the case. The angel said, "He is not here." The women came they went to the grave in unbelief. That's what controlled their hearts. They were in unbelief. Why do we know they were in unbelief? Because they expected to see the body. They didn't remember his words. The Son of Man will suffer at the hands of men and be crucified and on the third day rise from the dead. Did Jesus not say words like that? He told them. They didn't believe. They didn't understand. They expected to find a body. And when they got to the grave, they got to the tomb, it was empty. No one there apart from the angel. And you would imagine, wouldn't you, if it were you, any one of you, 
you'd be confused. Terribly confused. I mean, you don't often hear your friend say to you, oh, do you fancy going down the graveyard? Yeah? Should we go down to Woodwells, Bob? Have a nice cup of tea and have a look around? People don't talk like that, do they? Because they don't want to go there. No one wants to go to the cemetery on Cemetery Hill to have a nice time. It gets a bit creepy, isn't it? Seeing all those tombstones, yeah? The crosses, some people like to have crosses. But people feel a bit uneasy about it. And it's a bit nerve-wracking. It's like quiet and creepy because the dead are there, aren't they? They were confused. Maybe that's the reason why God sent the angel, to give them warning. They saw the angel, verse 3 it says. It says here, his countenance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. I mean, that would have been enough just to give them some sort of the EBGBs, if you understand what I mean. But they went there, they saw an angel White as lightning, they heard his words, he is not here. Well, where is he? There would have been panic in their hearts. And on top of that, they saw these big Roman soldiers, mighty military men, with their armour on, lying on the floor and shaking and trembling. Well, that would have alarmed them. Huh? What is going on here? Like these big, big, burly Roman soldiers are in trembling. On top of that, they would have had their own fears to deal with. Nervousness, worry, concern, fear of death themselves, looking around at the, the tomb. They would have had to deal with these things. It says, verse 5, But the angel answered and said, Do not be afraid. They obviously were. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, trying to reassure them. There was this earth-shaking event really that led up to this situation which they obviously hadn't got over. Dealing with someone that they love, the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, the one and only who had stood before Pilate. They remembered these thoughts where he stood alone, wearing a crown of thorns. He'd been flogged. He'd been scourged. He'd been beaten. People had mocked him. He hung on a cross before thousands of people, no doubt, that stood and sat there and gazed upon his suffering. People hurling abuse. You saved others. You can't save yourself. Come down from that cross. Go on. Show us another sign. All of that stuff was going around in their heads. They were in a desperate state and they needed comfort. It was an empty tomb. What else could happen? What else could go wrong? This wonderful plan that they thought they had with the Lord Jesus. 
you know, the show was over. The kingdom of God that Jesus talked about, was it ever going to come? Well, no, he, they thought he was dead. Why should that come if he was dead? But they hadn't realized what God was going to do next. He is risen. That's what the angel said. Verse 6. He is not here. He is risen. That's the last thing they thought they were going to hear. That Jesus Christ is risen. We go, look, look, look. Let's go to Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. The dear Apostle Paul says to us, says to the people in Corinth, verse 17, listen. What did I say? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 17 may have. This is the great chapter of resurrection in the Corinthians. Okay? And it says here, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If Christ had not risen from the dead, you, all of you, and me included, we are still in our sins. Verse 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ, they have perished. Verse 19, in, if in this life only we hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiful. We are, I think the King James says, we are the most miserable because we believed in a, a dead saviour. Is that any good for us? I don't think so. Is it any good for any one of us? No. He's a risen saviour. He's a risen Lord. He has risen. And I, and I have to say this to you. Please, if, if you go away today, just remember this. Christianity, our Christian faith, completely depends on the real, physical resurrection of a dead body. And that's of Jesus Christ. Our whole faith depends on the truth of this one aspect of the Christian faith. He is risen. If he hadn't risen, there'd be no hope. If he hadn't risen, there would be no salvation. But he has risen. And we need to be rejoicing. And this is for this reason we, we do rejoice. And we're just so happy for this day. The women went away rejoicing, it says. It's not a lie. Too many people, they get into, well, <laughs> you go on Google. If someone did a Google search and said, how many religions currently in the world? I'm sure Google would melt, go into a meltdown. There's so many, so many to pick and choose from. You know, i got a friend, I'm working with him at the moment, and he cuts so many funny ideas. And he, he does like 
the Christian message. He got a lot of Christian friends, including myself, but he just won't believe. But what he will believe, he'll believe anything and everything. Is that going to help him? Is that going to save him? It's not. The truth is that Jesus Christ is risen. No other religion in the whole world teaches such a thing. And what's more, because he's risen, he is alive. That's what that means. He is alive forevermore. And he is able, because he's defeated death, sin and the devil, he's able to save any one of us. If he can be risen, so can I. So can you. Are you looking forward to the fact? What are, you, are we looking forward to dying at the age of 75 or 80 or something like that and saying, that's it, I'm going to be dead forever. I ain't going to be speaking. I ain't going to be talking to no one. I ain't going to be happy with no one. I'm just going to lie in the grave and let a worm crawl through my brain. Hey? Is that what you want? Not me. I want to rise, yeah. I want to be with the Lord of glory. Yes? Yes. Everything that he said is true. How wonderful. Salvation by faith is sure. Wonderful news. Happy days. Jesus Christ is Lord, he is risen as he said he would. Didn't he say he would? You know, I run out of time, right? I got this lovely book. I got this lovely book. 70 Lessons in Teaching and Preaching Christ. I've been looking at a chapter in here about the resurrection and Jesus says there's about eight places where he's saying he's going to rise. He made sure that he told the disciples he would rise. And not only that, the scriptures, even in the Old Testament, point to stories, point to stories where men rose from one situation into another situation. For, for example, Joseph. What happened to Joseph? Well, he ended up in prison, didn't he? A dark prison looking after the place for the prison officer. And what happened to him? He resurrected from the prison to being the prime minister of Egypt. You see, the, the Old Testament is full of stories where people go through some form of resurrection experience. What happened to Jonah? Swallowed by a well, right? Did he end up staying in the whale? He was resurrected out of the whale. In fact, Jesus even points to that in, we could call it a prophecy. But anyway, he is risen. Someone is alive out there. Praise the Lord. Anyway, just a bit of tongue and cheek. Listen, the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus proved his deity. And, and that's what people say. And you may say, well, John, go on, mate. How do you know? Well, that's good to ask the question, how do I know? 
Let's see what Jesus says about himself. Go to John's Gospel, chapter 2, and we'll consider what he says. John, chapter 2. And he says of the Son of Man, verse 19. Yes, chapter 2, verse 19, 20, 21. He said, Jesus answered and said to them, Hold on, let me go back a couple of verses. Then his disciples, verse 17, remembered, this is John chapter 2, verse 17. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Verse 18 says, so the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? And he answered and said to them, destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Not the building. They were slow of thinking, weren't they? We call them dimbats in our society. Yes? You know what a dimbat is, don't you? Yeah, a bit slower learning. Anyway, so he said, I will destroy this temple. He was speaking about his body. I will destroy my own body. And in three days, my own body will rise again. So he quite plainly taught us there. He also spoke of a sign because the Jews wanted a sign. Go to Matthew. Matthew. Matthew 12 and verse 39. And here we are. This is his words alluding to Jonah the prophet. I read verse 38. Then some of the scribes this is Matthew chapter 12 verse 38. Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees answered him saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of who? Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus is testifying to his death and resurrection even while he was still alive. Is that not true? I think you agree with me. He literally showed them all that he himself is the sign. They wanted us. We live in a world, we live in, you know, Christ, the Christian age. They want to see signs and wonders. But Jesus is saying, I am your sign and wonder. Just look to me. Look to see what I will do for you. And that's what he said. Look at this one. This is interesting. John chapter 10. Go to John chapter 10. He said this. 
John chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, John chapter 10 verse 17 and 18. Therefore he said, My father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I receive from my Father. Can you see that? Can you read that? Can you see what Jesus is saying? I'm going to repeat it. Verse 17. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I received from my Father. Jesus was promising us. It's a promise. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. It's a promise to you and to me and to whoever would believe in him. Wonderful. He gave three illustrations, three examples of death and resurrection before they crucified him. This is so important. You know, you could... You could go out, you could get up in the morning. You could go, oh, say, oh, I'm going shopping. Where are you going shopping? I'm going to Sainsbury's. Okay, go to Sainsbury's. So you drive to Sainsbury's. You're in a car park full of cars. The, the, the car park, maybe there's 100 parking spaces. There's 50 cars in the car park. You're driving around the car park. Someone pulls out, reverses into your car. Oh, that's not nice, is it? It's an accident. You didn't plan it. They didn't plan it, but it happened. Do you understand me? It happens to everybody, doesn't it? What happened to Jesus on the cross, his death, it wasn't an accident. It didn't happen just by chance. It wasn't a failure. You understand me? Like Robin Hood is, who knows Robin Hood? He lives up in Sherwood Forest. Well, he's dead now, isn't he, right? The, the story goes that he lived in Sherwood Forest with the Merry Men, right? It's a story. It might not be true, I don't know. But he had a friend called Friar Tuck. He had a friend called Little John, yeah? And he had a bone arrow. And who was the, sh the sheriff of Nottingham raised all the taxes? Is that right? So what did Robin do? He went out and robbed the rich and gave to the poor, isn't it? You know that. But we, that's all we know about Robin Hood. Okay? But Jesus, and we know some people say it's true. You can see a film with Kevin Costner and Robin Hood and you think, okay, it's a nice film. We don't know if it's all true. Just fairy tale, folklore, stuff like that, isn't it? This is true. This really happened. 
is 2023 AD, which means Anno Domini, which means in the year of the Lord's favour. And before the birth of Christ, they said it was BC, before Christ. Our whole calendar is based around the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? So we put our hope and our faith in him. And he says that he has the power to lay down his life, which wasn't an accident. He did it on purpose for us. And if you study the Bible a little bit further, people, you will discover that it pleased the Father to bruise him. We read that from Isaiah chapter 53 last week and the week before. Anyway, let's move on. The resurrection is the fulfillment of the promise of the things that he said about his life. You know, for this reason, the angel that we talked about in Matthew 28, that angel called Jesus Lord. He said, he is Lord. He is risen. For this reason, I will call him Lord. I won't call Boris Johnson Lord. I won't call Rishi Sunak Lord. I won't call Obi-Wan Kenobi Lord. I won't call Harry Krishna Lord. But I will call Jesus Lord because he has defeated Satan, death and sin. No one else done that. So he deserves that title. He is Lord. He is risen. And he is able to raise me from the dead. He is my Lord. Well, what would you do? Would you call him Lord? Would you call him Saviour? Master? Redeemer? Healer? Forgiver? Would you call him those things? I certainly would. Let's conclude the sermon because the angel said to the women, Go! Tell the disciples. Matthew 28. Go tell the disciples. That's what he said. Let's just see. Here it says, Go quickly, verse 7, and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to bring his disciples' word. How wonderful they believed the message of the angel. The disciples must know. If you don't know these things, you must know. Yes, and I'm glad God has brought you here this morning so that I can say, they must meet with Jesus. Do you want to meet with Jesus? Do you want to meet my friend? My Lord, my God, my King, he's available to you, to every one of us. He, you come to him, if you go to him, if you seek him, if you haven't got a purpose in this life, he will give you one. He will give you a commission. He will say to you, my darling, well, I'm not sure that he'll say that, but he will say, 
my son, my daughter, my, my, my friend. Fulfill my great commission and go and teach these things, you know, in Jesus' name. Can I ask you a question? You believers, you sons, you daughters, what do you do when you get this sort of information? Do you go out and tell the good news? Is it on your heart to share it with somebody else? You know, I have a burning desire to share. I took the time this week to, to construct this leaflet, to construct this tract. Why did Jesus Christ die on the cross? I want people to know. I want them to know. It costs 90 quid for these, 500 of them, with the printing and the artwork. I want people to read this. I want people to know what I know. Don't you? Will you go and tell the good news? Have you told anyone the good news lately? My dear Mayette said, Oh, I want to go on a marathon, a half marathon, down in Dorley Lake. Will you take me? I'll say, okay. But she don't know what I want to do. I want to share the good news. And we went there and Jen and Leo was there with the family. And I was thinking we were coming straight back to Hemel Hempstead. I would meet Dominic in the town. But we ended up in Reading for a Jolly Bee. You don't know what that is, do you? Well, you come to Jolly Bee and you'll find out. And I had a burning passion because I had these in the back of my car. And I thought, I want to give a few out. So I took about 20 and I went outside. And I thought, oh, I'm only going to be here for a minute. Five minutes, ten minutes, I, I don't know. And I, I haven't been a Reading for over 20 years. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people there. Ugly people. Mean people. Nice people. Bad people. And I thought, I've got to give out a few of these. And it's not easy, is it, Dominic? No, it's not. It's not easy, is it, Liam? See? Johnny, it's not easy, is it? Because people reject you, don't they? They don't care about you. But Jesus has said, the angel has said, go and tell the disciples. Go and take this message into the uttermost parts of the world. And lo, I am with you. Always, he said, didn't he? Well, I thought, well, I'm going to be here a minute. I started praying. Sometimes you're on your own. You want strength. You want help. And I started praying, Lord, here I am. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, will someone take one of these tracks? Lord, and the next minute I'm preaching. I'm preaching in the town. And people are startled and looking at me as if I'm a weirdo. That's what I told them as well. You think I'm a weirdo. But I'm here to tell you a message. What message? John 3.16. People look at you. They challenge. They try to ignore you. It's because of the darkness. I found out. Now, Dave, we went to St. Albans Cathedral on, on Friday. And we had a, a bit of um, some food, cake, coffee, some stuff like that. And 
Jan asked me a question. Well, I get passionate, don't I? I get passionate about what I'm believing. And I was explaining to Jan, but the trouble with me, when I get passionate, I start speaking loud. Yes, I do. Yeah, and, and I heard. <laughs> they had told me that Dave told her a couple of skinheads were like getting wound up. They didn't like it. They thought I was a bit loud and they wanted to shut me up. That right, Dave? <laughs> I found it very amusing. Very amusing. God wants us to communicate the word of God, the gospel, this good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. Will you do it? Will you share it? Will you tell your university friends? Will you tell your work colleagues? Will you do it? Yes, we will. That's all you've got to say. And do you know what? I, I, I did say this yesterday. Do you know the answer to the $64 million question. You've heard that phrase before, haven't you? You've heard of that? Do you know what the $64 million question is, Bob Minia? Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the answer. That is the answer. Anyway, I used that as a, a, a leaping board yesterday in, in um, Reading, and a man came up to me. He said, I know the answer to the $64 million question. I said, what is it then? He said, but God so loved the world that he gave his one that he, he read, he quoted John 3.16. Anyway, listen, I've shared my message. Are you willing, please, to put yourself in a place where you can take this message and share it to someone else? You know, if we all did it, you know, there's about 15 of us, maybe. If we all did it and saw one person come to Jesus, the church would double in size overnight, wouldn't it? People, we're getting flooded and flooded and flooded by foreign religions. Let's hold to that for which we got and go out and proclaim it. Our Prime Minister's a Hindu. He's a Hindu. What do Hindus? What are Hindus? They, they lay eggs. <laughs> Lord forgive me, please. What's a Hindu? A Hindu? A Hindu? They lay eggs, don't they? Anyway, someone laid some eggs over there somewhere. I don't know where. But anyway, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. May God cause his face to shine upon you all. And may God give you the strength to share his message, to just see one person like he did on the cross. He suffered on that cross and that one of those criminals just said, Jesus, had a revelation of this knowledge. Will you remember me? He said, Lord, didn't he? He didn't say Jesus. He said, Lord. Call Jesus Lord. So he knew a little bit more about Jesus than, than we understand. When you come into your kingdom, Remember me. And he took that man to heaven that day.
thank the Lord. And God is able to still do that even now through your words and through your actions. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you. We thank you for saving our souls. We thank you that if death should overtake us today, we can be in heaven with you this afternoon. Lord, it's a great message. It's a wonderful message that we have freedom in Jesus Christ. All glory, all honour and praise to your name. Amen. Let's join Jephro and sing our last hymn. in the blood. joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 11.30 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.